0: Namnab is a podcast that deals with the grisly details of a variety of topics, including true crime cases, government cover ups, conspiracies, and the paranormal. This content is not suitable for everyone. Viewer discretion
1: is advised.
0: She was murdered.
2: <laughs> up, my dudes? Welcome back. This
1: is Not a Monster, Not a Boogeyman. I'm Naomi. I'm Janae. And I'm Les. And today
0: we have a special guest again. Naya is joining us again. So she's going to sit in and comment on this case.
1: Hello, hello, hello.
0: (coughs) So we're going to do little break cases in between... The big case that we're doing, yeah. um, this one isn't much of a break, so sorry.
1: <laughs> there aren't any children involved, except for those who were once children and who are now disturbed adults. No, I'm just
0: yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so yeah, um, this is one of those cases. So today's case is one that kind of hasn't left my brain since we went to New Orleans a couple mm-hmm. years ago. And we like heard it
2: on a tour, yeah, it was just super weird. Everything in New Orleans has like this weird kind of like energy to it, but like hearing that from the fucking warlock that we did, <laughs> um <laughs> guy was a warlock the guy was a right. warlock Where you can't did tell they me they take you on the tour, just to, like different haunted locations or was like was creepy it for Zach locations and like apartment or. So,
0: like, we went around, walked around New Orleans, and went to different sites with, like, ghost activity. Oh. Mm -hmm. Um, We didn't go, like, inside.
2: Yeah. We would view them from, like, the street. Oh. Because they have a bunch of those tours in New Orleans.
0: Yeah. And they just, like, tell you the little, little stories.
2: Yeah. I've heard of those
1: before, but I was just wondering where, like, Zach and Addie came up.
0: Yeah, so um, this was the first story I think they took us to yeah. on I the, the tour. Second one, yeah. Something and like then that. they took us to a couple other places. The only one that sticks out in my mind is the Delphi House, though. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but was yeah, it like Addie's bar that was haunted or something.
0: No, they took us to the hotel where Zach killed himself. <gasps> yeah. Oh. Whoa. Because that's where the ghost activity has been. <coughs> yeah, that's what oh, I was wondering.
2: wondering. Oh. Well, and there's some that happens at that apartment yeah. as well that's how i got introduced to this case was the whole paranormal side
0: this case is pretty rough so here's your content warning we're going to be discussing addiction suicide war and military experiences mental health domestic violence and dismemberment <clears throat> so if you need to skip this episode totally understandable In October of 2006, a hotel guest at a local New Orleans hotel saw a man's body on the roof of a nearby parking garage. Alarmed, he called the hotel's front desk, and they kind of went to go check on the uh, parking garage. What they find is not only the body of Zach Bowen, who had just completed suicide, but a detailed suicide note leading to one of the most gruesome crime scenes in New Orleans history. If you've been to New Orleans... You know, there's some magic uh, to the air and, like, just the city that you can't really explain. I think Naomi Mm -hmm. touched on that. Yeah. But many people have been, like, captivated by this magic, including Zach and Addie. And today we'll be discussing the deaths of Addie Hall and Zach Bowen. So I'll start with their, like, backstories. And then we'll kind of go into how they met and how this story kind of unfolds Um, so there's not a whole lot shared about Addie's childhood but Addie Hall was from North Carolina and she was described by her friends as a free spirit and she was an artist of many kinds and was drawn to New Orleans because of the like artsy vibe in New Orleans she did a few kinds of jobs she was like a dancer and she also did some bartending in the French Quarter and she was super popular she had a really big group of friends who was close to her but she was also a heavy drinker, and she was mean when she drank. Mm. This alcohol use made Addie lose friends quickly. Um, the alcohol wasn't the only vice that she indulged in, though. She was known to partake in drugs like cocaine as well. Substance use started to get the best of Addie, as she, spent, she was spending a lot of time with cocaine dealers and involved with the wrong crowd. And she was sucked into abusive relationships with men. In 2005, this turned around by meeting Zach Bowen. Turned around,
1: yeah.
2: It's interesting cuz I feel like um normally not a lot is said about her and like how she was prior to her death. Like everything I heard about her originally was all like focusing only on on the death.
0: A lot of the articles only have information related to her death. Yeah. And there's just not a ton of information about her other than like her moving to New Orleans and there's a lot of focus on the fact that she was a dancer and a bartender and like kind of a so party girl. she was girl. already 21 when yeah. she moved into the. Yeah. Into say, New Orleans. So. New Orleans, yeah. Yeah. But there's a lot more focus on the fact that she was a party girl more than like anything about her, yeah, which is kind shame. of frustrating to yeah. see. Mm-hmm. Considering, you know, she's a murder victim. Well, and we'll get into this later too, but there's there's a lot of mutual toxicity going on in this relationship, and that's not to excuse either side here, especially not with what we get into later with Zach's actions. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's, it's an interesting story because it's complex. So there's a lot more information on Zach Bowen than there is on Addie. He was born uh, May 15th, 1978 um, and he had kind of an interesting upbringing his family tra- traveled often in his youth before settling in Washington <clears throat> and his parents had kind of an unstable marriage but there wasn't any abuse involved just standard like
2: shitty home life yeah stuff.
0: exactly like not super invested in this relationship kind of stuff eventually this instability caused Zach's mother to divorce their father um and after this, she settled with Zach and his brother in California, and he was described by those who knew him as kind and friendly. Once a good student, when he lost Homecoming King, this changed him, like, fundamentally and he began to struggle in school.
2: That's really interesting that something of that size is so drastic in his life. Um, yeah. It's kind of dumb. Yeah. Yeah yes <laughs> I feel me dumb. for saying that but I'm like it's kind of dumb
0: it's dumb but I part of me wonders if that's just like a cop out of yeah. like information versus like these are my actual feelings about what's going on you know I don't know but it seems kind of dumb mm-hmm. <laughs> um, this would be the start of a long line of disappointments in Zach's life he dropped out of high school and moved back to Washington to be with his dad after this Zach spent this time with his father going on a cross-country road trip. What? Yeah. During (laughs) this trip, Zach and his father stopped and settled in New Orleans, and at this time, Zach re-enrolled in high school, but he never finished it. Um, But he did love New Orleans and decided to stay. At 18 years old, he met a 28-year-old woman named Lana.
1: Question mark.
2: So she is significantly older than him. Yes. Yes. And he's still pretty much a teenager. Yeah.
1: He is
0: a teenager. Yeah. yeah. He's 18.
2: Yeah.
0: 18 or 19. He's Eight- 18, 18, she's
1: 28. 10-year difference. Yeah. I mean and she's
0: 28. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's an adult.
1: Full adult.
0: <laughs> they eventually get married and have kids. What? At 18, in 2000, Zach decides to join the military. Eventually, he was uh, generally discharged after two tours, one in Baghdad and one in Kosovo. In the military, Zach was a military police officer. (laughs) He joined to have a secure way to take care of his growing family.
2: I have a lot of feelings. (laughs) Mm Because it's just... I feel like this is where we kind of want to come in and have that conversation about like the military preying on poor communities and communities that are trying to like just take care of their mm-hmm. uh, families mm-hmm. and then they go into like certain high schools and go- want to like, recruit fucking children who can't get consent All to join something schools. like that. All low-income low high income. schools. Particularly yeah, I remember particularly like having this. The at my army school.
1: would be there. Yeah. Would you say that he was successful there?
0: I would say it was different than what he expected. And we'll talk yeah. a little bit about that. And this kind of plays into the like military and war experiences that I mentioned as a trigger warning. Um, it sounds like he
1: didn't have a lot of other... Options. Uh, uh, horizons. I mean, he dropped out of high school, too. Yeah. It's just like, I don't know, maybe there were plans or that was where he found... I mean, as a person, like growth. So, some people have that. Yeah, we're literally talking like
0: Lana gets pregnant, they have no way to take care of anything. He's like, and he joined the military. Yes, he's right on that (coughs) cutoff. Who doesn't, right? Right. You're in dire situations, you make dire decisions. I know so many
1: people who have done that situation. Yeah, that same decision, right?
0: Because there's no other options, right? Uh, friends and family noticed changes in Zach's behavior when he returned from his deployment, stating that he seemed like he was a different person. Some of mm. these experiences included watching military friends close to him die in battle and the death of a young girl that he had, like, made connection with prior to. Like, he what? had given her candy, um, like, the day before, and she was killed because she was, uh, had spoke had spoken to an American soldier. So... <clears throat> Because of these experiences, he was discharged when he developed severe PTSD. Of course, because of the system here, Zach did not receive the help he needed to cope with these experiences that he had in the military.
2: Yeah. And it's interesting that we, like, bring up PTSD. Like, PTSD is experienced very differently by lots of different people. So, like, you could have a really traumatic experience and not have gone to war, and you will still have PTSD. But if it is... It's pretty um, intense for people who have been in the military, mm-hmm. especially in situations, or anyone that have been like, in near-death situations. PTSD is very serious for them. Mm-hmm. When Zach returned home, Lana was
0: upset that he had left the military. Because of this and other issues in their relationship, they separated. Upon his return to New Orleans in 2005, Zach began to work at a bar in the French Quarter. <clears throat> hmm. Meeting in 2005, Addie and Zach didn't hit it off right away. In fact, Addie was totally uninterested. (laughs) Um, But Zach was very interested and continued to pursue her despite her lack of interest in him.
2: Mm, I mean, if you're doing so in a way, where you're just like respecting her, that's one thing. But don't be a fucking stalker. Yeah, don't be (laughs)
0: weird, dude. Don't be weird. Eventually, she changed her view. And was interested in him Zach would often stay After his shift And like sit at the bar Just to talk to her And after doing this For a while Addie gave in And she agreed To go out with him In 2005 Hurricane Katrina Ripped through New Orleans Killing 1800 people And destroying much Of the
2: beloved city Jesus (laughs) Yeah Hurricanes are fucking Terrifying Terrifying.
0: I know As a Coloradan Very Very glad That I don't have To deal with that Mm -hmm. Sounds like a nightmare
2: sounds like literally the worst thing yeah
0: i don't even know like what what you do <laughs> it's
2: a hurricane it's a it's a tornado but what
0: shortly before the hurricane residents of new orleans started evacuating to prepare for the storm zach and addy didn't want to leave the home they loved so much and decided to stay during the storm zach and Addie had been invited to evacuate with lana zach's ex-wife and their children zach said no And stayed in New Orleans, abandoning his children
1: as they evacuated.
0: Through everything? Through the entire...
1: That's shitty. I mean, they left with their mom. Yep. And he (laughs) stood with Addie. Yep. In New Orleans. Wow. They stood in the disaster. Yep.
0: Yep. They stayed through the whole thing. Of course, this storm destroyed so much, and Addie and Zach remained in New Orleans with no running water or electricity. They were not the only people who decided not to evacuate. This group spent time trying to clean up the city after the storm. Because of the lack of resources and lack of care by the U.S. government, New Orleans remained this way for some time after the storm. The group who didn't evacuate was essentially left to play a game of Survivor in their city. Because of this choice to stay behind, Addie and Zach got media attention. Many articles were kind of written about them from this. Like, if you...
1: I've look this up before
0: yeah. the murder there's like these articles that are like look at these amazing people who stayed behind because they love new orleans so much and they grew in a relationship out of this and
2: which is all just used to you know hide the fact that these people were not being taken care of they're given any funding and they're you know a lot of people were devastated because of this and the government did absolutely nothing yeah like yeah. maybe the bare minimum maybe Barely,
0: Fairly the bare, poorly cared for, because it's poor people and black people in this area most affected,
1: and they had the power and tools to prevent that from right, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, woo, America. Like <laughs> has clean water yet. True, <laughs> exactly.
0: So all these articles and stuff kind of went to their head. Like, oh, we're so fucking They look cool. like that,
1: too. They look like they've been in all kinds of magazines before. <laughs> yeah. And like they're these celebrities. Yeah. When you look at the pictures prior to and like these articles that you're mentioning, mm-hmm. they are just loving it. Yeah. And they look like the perfect family. Mm-hmm.
0: Perfect couple. As New Orleans began to be rebuilt, Addie and Zach's relationship began To, dissol- to dissolve. As the city began to be rebuilt, military members flooded the streets to assist with the efforts. Due to Zach's severe mental health condition and lack of resources, this triggered his PTSD. Can you talk a little bit about how, like, trauma kind of works in that regard when triggered and, like, how someone may
2: respond? So... I think I mentioned this a little bit earlier about how PTSD affects you differently. Um, And then specifically with, in this case, military forces are coming in and trying to bring order back to this area that's been now running in disorder without any sort of government help. Um, He in the military, like seeing other military um, personnel coming through your neighborhood, it feels like a war zone. Mm -hmm. So it puts them back into that mind state and they are literally in that moment, reliving it again. Um, So all that, um, terror that that experience brought on kind of overwhelms you um so that's like my kind of understanding with Mm -hmm. it is also like because he's seen the way poverty affects war-torn countries i imagine he was already having those thoughts and it was ramped up by seeing a trigger yeah yeah thank you
1: so it could be pretty much really disorienting Mm -hmm. could it be like a hallucination almost effects some
2: people do um have like hallucinations of some sort like usually it's like audio Mm
1: -hmm. um
2: is quite often so like explosions gunfire things like that so like a car backfires it can trigger someone Mm -hmm. um the yeah Severe PTSD.
0: It's also hard to pin down, right? Because trauma is specific to the person. Triggers Mm -hmm. are specific to the person, the experience. And everyone responds differently because no one's brain is like, I know exactly what to do in trauma. Yeah. It's a normal reaction to abnormal circumstances. Did Daddy know any of that about him before?
1: We wouldn't know. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I don't know. So... And then we'll get into Addie, too. She also had some, like, untreated mental health stuff going on, Mm -hmm. as well as untreated substance use things happening, which just makes for this volatile-toxic combination. Um, Zach was using coke and alcohol at this time on top of the difficulties with his mental health.
1: They both were together? Yeah. Yeah. During this time? time? Oh, my God. They were, like, in fucking, like, a walking dead trial run game they're just like we're gonna do this together (laughs) on a bunch of cocaine yeah and get hella drunk and we're gonna thrive what else do you do what else do you do that's how it was for them they were literally like this power couple in this stage of survival mode Mm -hmm. and we're like having a good ass time it's insane it's wild zach
0: wasn't the only person with mental health issues like i mentioned uh addy actually had bipolar disorder and like Zach, she had been using cocaine and alcohol. The <laughs> storm had caused Addy to go unmedicated for some time, and this would prove to be a difficult and turbulent oh, combination. So she was mm-hmm.
2: on
1: medication
2: prior having, to the hurricane, and having Steady. a sudden um, cutoff on your medication affects you yeah. even worse. Yeah. yeah, like you're supposed just to, like to not, wind yeah, down, and it's just yeah. drop, com, have no access to your medications. Yeah.
0: Once the city began to be rebuilt. Zach and Addie were upset with how life was returning to normal as they both survived and thrived in this, like, weird survival scenario. And they enjoyed it, like Les was talking about. Like, they were into City. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, this just deepened the issues within the relationship. Despite this, Zach and Addie were seen as deeply in love with each other by those around them.
2: Were they at each other? So it's like during the survival situation or like nope. they were completely fine they
0: were good during the survival situation the second it started getting normal again it was well they like, were
1: high yeah.
0: at this time Lana returned to New Orleans with the children Zach wanted to see the kids and Lana agreed on the condition that she be, she be allowed to meet Addie which fucking reasonable yeah reasonable valid <laughs> Addie agreed and prepared her home for Zach's children Unfortunately, Addie was a terrible step-parent. Like, awful. She wouldn't (laughs) speak to Lana or the children at all. Just wouldn't acknowledge them. (laughs) By 2006, the romance had left Addie and Zach's relationship. Addie was physically and verbally abusive towards Zach, and Zach returned this toxicity verbally. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: That is sometimes a survival thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. See, this is what I mean by the mutual toxicity and, like, DV. Like, this is not a good situation. It's volatile. (sighs) It's scary. This resulted in an on-and-off-again kind of relationship. And they kind of began kicking each other out of the home, like, often. Like, this was a pattern. And then, like chasing each other around the city like Like trying to figure out where they went one would kick out the other and then whoever was inside would then kick out whoever's outside it would be like (laughs) it would be like get the fuck out of my house and then that person's like all right i will and then leaves and then that person's like no wait i'm gonna follow you yeah god yeah this happened so often that uh friends just began to expect that one of them was like gonna stay with them Addie was even arrested in 2006 after a fight with Zach where she walked out of the apartment with a gun and pointed it at a stranger. (laughs) What the fuck? Yeah. Like, there's some serious shit going on here. Wow. Zach began looking for a new partner without ending things with Addie. What the fuck? Classic. Right. Uh, Zach began seeing a man, something that Addie had not agreed to. Why the fuck would you need to agree to that? Why is that any of your business? Oh, it gets homophobic real quick. Cool. Um she responded to this by calling him slurs and oh. calling all the women in his phone to inform him inform them that he had AIDS, which was untrue. Just Itches. homophobic as shit. Super whoa, fucking homophobic. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Addie's life continues to go downhill losing her apartment and struggling to survive zach pays for a new apartment for Addie. after all of this shit and they're not together oh nope zach takes on all the finances and zach and Addie get back together in order to live in the apartment the apartment sat on top of the one, one of the most interesting landmarks in new orleans the voodoo spiritual temple Later, Addie has the lease changed to be only in her name, which seems fucking weird to me that she could do that. How can anyone do that? I don't understand that. I don't know how you would be able to do that. Whatever. Gets signed over just to her. And then she kicks Zach out. That's fucked up. Leaving him homeless. Yeah. This Is that
2: financial manipulation at that point? Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) Oh, hell yeah. That's financial abuses. Hell. Yeah. There's a difference between him taking over the finances, like if that was a consensual thing versus an abusive Right, thing. it was. It
0: was a consensual agreement. But
2: then she fucked you. Right. So fucked up on so many. Not ones. cool.
0: This is like a really bad situation. Yeah. Not great. This sparks a downward spiral for Zach as he was supposed to be uh, spending time with his kids in the apartment the day that she kicked him out. This caused a huge fight between the two. On October 5th, 2006, shortly after their fight, Zach strangled Addie to death in their apartment. After this, he went to sleep with Addie's body in the next room. I hate that. He then went to work the next day and just told people that
2: they broke up. Mm, that Do you think he had like the thought that he wanted to cover this up? Or did he think that he just was distancing himself from it? I think he was distancing himself from it
0: because he knew he wasn't going to be around long enough to deal with it.
2: Yeah. Do you
1: think that... Okay, so it went like this. They got in an argument after she had kicked him out, right? Mm-hmm. He comes back, and then she lets him in. Mm-hmm. They fight that night. He, he strangles his her. control. Do you think there was, like... Does he go, like, ever expo- He never explains... We don't know if there's any, like, argument happening or if she was threatening him. Nothing like I that. I think
0: we'll get into some of that, but uh, no, not that I can recall. That's an excuse, but I just couldn't
1: no. imagine how it would go yeah. from 0 to 10, you know what I mean?
2: Right. Or not 0.
1: They're at like 7 now all the time. <laughs> Is there any
2: reports Constantly. of like very violent altercations between them prior to this?
0: I mean, she walked out of the house and threatened someone with a gun. <laughs> I mean, between <laughs> she's them. Hit him like has there I ever mean, been records of like she's injuries? Hit him. Yeah, I mean, she's been physically abusive with him. Mm-hmm. But nothing on the other side. Okay. Yeah. Uh the apartment when police go in after he commits suicide, the apartment is found in disarray. There's trash every everywhere, black spray paint all over the walls. Um so he
2: really lost his shit.
0: Yeah. There's spray paint uh that says things like call Lana Bowen, um, total failure and help me stop the pain and look in the oven.
1: Hmm. Horror. Yeah.
0: This is where it gets really bad. Um, once they look in the oven, they see the legs and feet of Addie cooked to a char. They find her arms and hands in a pot on the stove, and they find her torso in a garbage bag in the fridge. They also find a signed confession from Zach, including the explanation of why he did it written in Addie's journal. Quote, she wouldn't shut the fuck up, so I very, very calmly strangled her. It was very quick. <laughs> End quote. He mentions defiling the body sexually.
2: Ah. Oh
1: my gosh.
0: And how he decided to handle the body, which was to cut it up and cook it.
2: I hate this. This is at that point it's it's well beyond just like violence to the point of just like desecration. Yeah. There's no reports
0: of cannibalism, which is the thing that people often go to with this case. Essentially, they think he was just trying to... Make her unidentifiable? Not even that. Like, just handle the remains better by condensing them.
1: Do you think ultimately it's also to avoid the consequences of this action? Because it's like, you should have just called the cops and have gone to jail.
0: There's a lot happening here because, like, for the time that... That... She's dead and he's not...
2: Dead... He just goes on a bender, pretty much. Yeah. Um, It's kind of what I was wondering. Yeah. Like, what did he do after that? Was he, like, spending all of his time inside, or? Twelve. Oh, my God. So he's, like, still going out, interacting with people, doing shit, coming home, and doing this in his free time. Yes. Reports of smells.
0: On Tuesday evening, two weeks after the murder and dismemberment, Zach Bowen committed suicide by jumping off the seventh floor of one of the most famous hotels in New Orleans. Um, he left a handwritten note and his army dog tags inside of a plastic bag in his pocket and the gate keys to Addie's apartment in his front pocket. And the letter they find in his pocket is, essentially says this. This is not accidental. I had to take my own life to pay for the one I took. If you send a patrol car... To 826 North Rampart, you'll find the dismembered corpse of my girlfriend Addie in the oven, on the stove, and in the fridge, and a full signed confession from myself. They also found some like journal entries uh, from Zach that were like written at the time of the murder, and one reads: "Today is Monday, the 16th of October." 2 a.m. I killed her at 1 a.m. Thursday, the 5th of October. I very calmly strangled her. It was very quick. Halfway through the task, task I stopped and thought about what I was doing. The decision to halt the first idea and move to plan B uh, came after a while. I scared myself, not by the action of calmly strangling the woman I loved uh, and then desecrating her body, but by my lack of remorse for the action. I've known forever how horrible of a person I am, ask anyone, and decided to quit my jobs and spend the $1,500 cash I had being happy until I killed myself. So that's what I did. Good food, good drugs, good strippers, good friends, and any loose ends that I may have had. I didn't contact any family, so that'll explain the shock. I had a fantastic time living out my days. It's just about time now. What an Jeez. So that is the story of Zach and Addie. Thoughts?
2: I don't know what to think after that. Yeah. confession.
0: This whole situation, though, it's just like building up and building up. It's so many. It's kind of similar to what we talked about with Chris Watts and Shanann Watts of like, it's just so many things not fitting together right in a dangerous way.
1: That's super shocking because it's like... Did anyone ever know if he was ever dealing with those thoughts before? It was so weird how he said moving from plan A to plan B. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't that so strange? It seems like meticulous. Strategic, yeah.
2: Do we also know if his PTSD was being um, treated? No. No? No, neither okay. of these people had treatment. So Part
0: it, of that was like waiting for VA.
2: Exactly. That, that was going to be my comment of, I feel like this also really shows the, the why do we not help the Copious amounts of veterans we have for feeding people into a pipeline into the fucking mm-hmm. military. Why aren't we taking care of those people? Do we just start playing System of a Down every time? They, <laughs> yeah, we like, like BYOB. Plays yeah, in the I'm like, should that just be our outro for all these podcasts? It's just <laughs> System of a Down.
0: Come back next week. We're going to continue our series of nightmarish stuff. Enjoy. Uh, if you want to see some pictures of Zaganatti, We'll get some up on our Instagram
2: and not a boogeyman.
1: Yeah, there will also be some polls, so please come. We need your opinion. Yes, <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: yes. And if you want to see the blog post for this where there will be uh, pictures and you can also read along with today's podcast for the most part, um, please visit namnab.com. We've got lots of cool stuff on there for you to check out. Bye. Bye. <laughs>